The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins, Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, Guys Guys Radio, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We've got two ladies gracing us on Guys Guys Radio. We have author Margaret Donahue. She's written a book with her writing partner, Madeline Gerwick. The name of it is Money is an Energy Game. And it's all about getting into that flow with money. She's got a whole bunch of exercises that you can do to help you get into the flow so you can attract money into your life and you can have a, a different vibration as to how you see money and how you react to it and how you act with it because a lot of it is about energy. And she teaches us in her book with the over 102 energy altering strategies and money attraction tools to help us bring money and abundance into our lives. She's also a feng shui expert, and she's going to share a lot of tips on that with us. So I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Our other guest, a very special dating coach, and she's a success coach also. Her name is Tina Gesso. She comes to us from Montreal, Canada. I was a guest on her Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago, and she is just a a dynamic and lovely person. I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation. We haven't done too much on the dating front recently on Guys Guys Radio. And this really goes back to our roots because my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, is all about relationships and about flawed men and savvy women and, and really making things happen in a good way for everybody. But anyhow, Tina is going to be with us and she's going to share a lot of insights and tips for how to meet. And in most cases, she's going to talk about helping ladies meet Mr. Right and put yourself in a position to attract the right partner and kind of make the dating game become a fun sport, if you will, with a goal of attracting the right one. So I think you're going to enjoy our show today on Guys Guys Radio. What else is going on out there? Well, we're into the summer. There's heat waves everywhere. There's storms in the Northeast. Still dealing with COVID, bouncing around with this Delta variant, and it's just a lot of uncertainty. Uh, I, I, I stick a mask in my pocket. I just, you never know what's going to happen out there and where you're going to need one and where not. And I'm kind of avoiding really dense crowds just because, you know, why put yourself out there for that? So we just had to keep careful and be vigilant and protect ourselves, protect others, respect everybody. We're all going through this together and we're going to get through it together. And it seems to be getting better all the time, but every once in a while we get this uh, 
hit from the side, like something like this Delta variant and some other variants that are coming up. And who knows? There's so many questions, and this is all new territory for us. So all I would ask you to do is just be respectful of yourself, be respectful of others, and just have that consideration that we're all going through this together, and it's all new territory. So we'll get through it. So Guys Guys Radio, let's get on to the interview portion of the show right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Guys Guys Radio, the all-important interview portion of our show, and I've got a special guest, a very lovely lady. Her name is Tina Gesso, and I've been on her Facebook Live interview series, and she's a very passionate person. She coaches singles to create their online brand and love mindset so they can navigate the unpredictable world of dating to attract love faster. And there's so many issues and challenges with dating and that's been put on steroids with the whole COVID thing. Like it's like people are afraid even more about different aspects of dating. Tina is a Jack Canfield success trainer and she uses what she developed called the passion test as one of her many tools to help her clients get ready for love. And prior to being a dating coach, Tina mentored many people in her business to achieve financial success as well as leading her team to achieve top sales and quality awards. And now these success principles that spark business achievement are doing the same in the world of love. This wisdom along with Tina's own love journey, maybe we'll get into that, helps to effectively guide clients to find those gaps of what it really takes to achieve their goals in life and love. Beautifully stated by Tina, and here she is. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Tina Gesso. What a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Robert. My pleasure, and a pleasure for our audience because so many people are challenged now by dating in general, I think more so than ever over the last 10 years and also with this time of COVID. But first, let's talk a little bit about you. What inspired you to make the change from business coaching to relationships? What was your business before? So I was in financial services for 32 years. And um, the key is that what I realized after the fact, and hopefully people can realize more before the fact, before they get into a particular you know, line of business as to what... to be, to choose a line of business that really taps into their passions. And it was really only after the fact that I really tuned into the fact that why I did pretty well in the financial services area is because it was something that I was really passionate about, which had a very fine niche and which was helping parents plan financially for their kids' education. Education was huge for me in my life, right? I believe in it in, on so many different levels. So to help parents, you know, have the means to send their kids to college and university and not have the big student debt that I had after university, well, I was in. Right. So I didn't leave a house until every child hadn't had our program, essentially, because I believed in it so strongly. Then that was going well. And I just basically mentored and coached people from there to come in and become reps and do what I had done, follow my route. And uh, they did extremely well. So I did that for 30 years. And uh, it was beautiful. Whenever, Robert, you know, whenever you're dealing with people, it even though I was essentially doing the same job all the time because of the different personalities personalities and people coming in, there was always a challenge. 
there was always something new to learn. But at a certain point, I figured, let's try something new before I eventually retired. And then I knew that relationships was was a place I wanted to go in. So I actually co-founded, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Robert, I co-founded a dating website. And we got that off the ground for a little while, then we decided to do a pivot, right, it was going well. But uh, with the knowledge I had built up with the, the different courses we were putting together for singles, I just realized I found my second calling in life. And then I got stepped into the world of coaching. How did your own love journey provide you with the tools you need to help others with their dating relationship issues? Yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, that was the reason why I decided to start the dating website is because I had been divorced for several years and been on and off online dating. We've had this chat before you as well, right? And it's a little bit of trial and error, hit and miss. And I wasn't really cluing into why it wasn't happening for me, why I wasn't meeting a quality person. And so basically, you know, everything that I've learned, I make it, I'm very experiential, right? I got to kind of got to go through making the mistakes, learning from them, refining it, and then having success so that I can, that I can show others a better way, right? There, there is a path and there is a way and everybody is individual, but there's certain key principles I can say that would be useful to men or women on that path, especially when you're over 40 and 50. You know, again, we've had that chat before. There's different challenges at this time in our lives. What do you think is the current state of dating these days and versus like 10 years ago? Ah, yeah. So uh, it's, um, it's really, the landscape has really changed, right? First of all, on the positive side, when I first started online dating, you know, um, at around 2007, 2008, there was still a bit of a stigma around it. And I was even hesitant about telling my friends and family that I was doing online dating because it was just, it felt just a little bit icky. It's like, you're, I don't know, putting yourself out there on the market or whatever. So people these days, it's become... Did you know that in the next in the next little while it's expected that 70% of couples will be meeting online? Wow. And as we talked about before, there are so many YouTube videos and information that is out there on how to get ready for online dating. It's just become a much more acceptable platform. Like anything, when it becomes pop, you know very popular, there are great things about it, and then other things that leak into it that you should be aware of. So it's kind of buyer beware. You should get a little bit educated if you haven't been online dating before, so that you're aware of the different things that can come up with stuff like ghost. Sting, uh, catfishing, love bombing, <laughs> these types of things. Because if you're aware, certain things are a bit of a tendency right now. You can learn, you can know that it's that it's nothing personal. It's just part of the landscape right now. How to sidestep it and how to craft your profile so that you attract less of those types of people and you attract more of what you're looking for. So for women today, what are they looking for in a man? Anything different over the past decade? Or is it the same? They want a guy to be... What I've heard from other dating coaches, female dating coaches, is that women are looking for guys to be guys in the best sense of the word. So not meaning macho man, but still being a man in the best sense of the word. And that includes some type of pursuit also seems to be welcomed so that women doesn't have to do all the work because guys can tend to sit back and say, oh, she's going to take over. I'll just kind of be along for the ride. So what, what is your sense in terms of what's going on there with what women are looking for 
uh, am I right or am I wrong? And have things changed? Robert, I think you have a good sense of what's going on out there. And uh, I agree pretty much with everything that you said. And I just want to underscore the fact that, you know, women have have changed a lot over the last 20, 30, even 50 years, right? And I mean, there was a certain point where, and I remember when I was first dating, for example, I was getting the feedback, Tina, you're really intimidating. You know what I mean? So because, I don't know, it's just like, let's roar, you know? I mean, we want to be these independent women and have all the, have all these accomplishments and and be recognized for it. And that's still the case. But what I feel is happening a lot more right now is that there's more of an awareness, a consciousness that men and women are different, that we have different role roles. And I don't have to try to be the man all the time, right? To be the domineering force or the leader and taking charge and taking care of everything. I want to be with somebody who's able to take care of me, just like I'm able to take care of him. And it's not an expectation that I should have to do that. So I would say that for women who are really exploring, you know, themselves right now, I think there's more of a realization that let's let mother nature take its course and let's 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 celebrate our divine feminine right which is caring and nurturing and giving and men if we want a man if we're in our feminine then maybe we want a man who is more in his masculine where they've got things going on they're able to take care of us if need be and uh, and they appreciate a woman who is feminine a great answer so tina gesso my special guest on guys guys radio we're talking about uh, relationships so what is the biggest challenge you have working with women i think you you touched on something that i've heard from other relationship coaches and that is sometimes it's tough because of the pressures that are put on women in the workplace and it's n- a new territory over the last 50 years let's say for them in terms of more and more and more executive roles that they're long overdue and they're well deserved but dialing that back when they're starting to meet a new guy Right. Uh, Yeah. So it is a challenge. It is a challenge, especially if you've been single for a while, right, to try to to dial that back. But I would say that uh, women are more informed than they ever ever have been before. And there's a lot on the for the guys and for the women. There is a lot more people who are single who are reaching out and becoming a part of groups, meetup groups or Facebook groups. They're getting coaches right, in order to help them refine their search. And with my own clients, for example, what I'm seeing is that certain things, let's just put it this way, you can be the smartest man or woman in the world, but you know what, we all have our blind spots. And sometimes we just assume the world, the dating world is is in a certain, works in a certain way, and maybe it doesn't. And maybe we don't even, we're making, we're behaving in such a way that it's, we're, it's a subconscious behavior, and we don't even see what we're doing. Whereas if we have someone that we're working with, or, you know, a course that we're taking to shine the light on this type of thing, then we can prevent certain things from happening. For example, if I can give you a quick example, like you go on the first date, for example, and uh, I've heard you talk about this on various programs as well, Robert, because I love your program and I, and I love you. it. And I really Thanks. appreciate everything that you have to say. And that is sometimes you go on a date as a man and you feel like you're going through an interview process, right? Sure. So it's, yeah. And, and women think that's what I've got to do. I've got to find out if he's a good match or if he's a bad match. And these are all of my questions and I got to get them out well, without knowing those very questions and what they're setting out to do could be the, 
could be the very reason why it doesn't work out because it's the attitude and the mindset that goes with it. Do you, you know, do you have the right job? Do you, do you live on the right side of town, right? Is, is your ex far enough away in the rear view mirror, all those types of things. Whereas if you go out to dating with a different mindset and an expectation is that you're not necessarily going to meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Right right away. And that the first thing is just to get to know the person right? Mm -hmm. Treat them like you want to be treated. Enjoy yourself, have fun, be a bit flirty, dress up, put on the heels. You know what I mean? And then get a little bit of guidance. Like I said, especially if you're online dating and with your profile and, and really be aware of those boundaries, because that's super important as well. But don't, you don't necessarily have to lead with that. You don't have to be aggressive about it. I uh, just want to go back because a couple of questions ago, we touched on, you know, men are men and women are women. And I, I think, that uh, your your meaning in that is that there are differences, but the it doesn't mean that the woman can't be the breadwinner and the guy can't be the more nurturing and some things. We have tendencies, but it's really about relationships. My I always say there's not enough love in the world. So whatever works for people, and it could be man to woman, woman to man, man to man, woman to woman. It doesn't matter. Roles yes. don't. It's just about relationships. And when you have two people, you create a unique universe and. Uh, there are some things to be aware of when you're creating this universe in terms of being respectful to yourself as well as the other person. Am I on the right track there? I couldn't have said it any better myself, right? Okay. Treat other people like you want to be treated. And um, I just want to let everybody know as well, I deal primarily with, with heterosexual couples, right? But okay. we're often talking about energies here, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and that type of universal truth could be applied to other types of relationships. It's, it's around the masculine and the feminine. And uh, it's not just about, you know, getting ready for dating. It's also knowing and being prepared ahead of time with the tools for how do you better manage a relationship and hopefully make it last a lot longer than the last relationship. And maybe over 40 and 50, you know, we're hoping this is going to be our last relationship, right? And that would be a beautiful thing. So how, it's it's important to be ready for that phase as well. It's not just, you know, making yourself pretty and, and just learning all these great communication tools. It's actually knowing how to manage a relationship more successfully once you do have someone that is that is significant for you. Okay. Tina Gesso, my special guest from Montreal, Canada. She's a coach and a coach extraordinaire, as you can tell from her responses that are very thoughtful and very kind, I, I, I believe. Um, you have something called the passion test that you use when you're working with your clients. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the passion test is, is it's something that was put together, an amazing test and workshop by uh, Chris and Janet Atwood. And uh, I'm a you know, a certified trainer for them. And basically what it is, is to help people to figure out and get close to what is truly important for them in their lives. Some people call it the passions, or you can call it like a priority, truly what's important. And, you know, you would think that most people would know exactly what is important to them. But I can say that, you know, in your forties and fifties, sometimes you kind of go on automatic pilot in your twenties and thirties, right? You get a job, you have a family, you're taking care of your kids, your husband, your parents. 
And then all of a sudden, maybe the kids leave home or there's a divorce or a separation and you kind of wake up and said, where did my life go? And I'm, am I doing things that I truly enjoy? And what do I really want in life? Right. I, there's so many people out there that question themselves or they're doing something they kind of like, but they know they want to add a bit more juice or a bit more joy to their life. So basically, this is a workshop to help people identify truly what is what are they really great at, right? Even you could say, what is their, it can give them tools as to what is their life purpose. And then figuring out what is most important to you. We, we narrow it down to five typically. And then we take our clients through, you know, how to live that in your day, in your daily life. It doesn't necessarily mean that you throw everything out overnight. If you're not, you know, generally happy with your life, it's about identifying what's truly important for you right now and how to integrate those priorities in your life on a day-by-day basis and how to even attract it into your life on a day-by-day basis. Right. And that kind of applies for just day-to-day life, not just relationships. And if you do it in your day-to-day life, it's going to apply to relationships. So that's great. Let's power through some questions now. Uh, A lot of folks out there, a lot of our listeners, we have females over 40. It's more and more challenging to be dating nowadays. What are some some of the common pitfalls that you find that women over 40 have and what can they do about it? Yeah. So very quickly, like you said, so the first thing is to make sure that, you know, you're not doing it too quickly after a breakup takes time to process the breakup, look at why it happened, maybe take some responsibility, right, for exactly what happened and try to process it in such a way with the therapist, self-reflection, what have you, to put it in the past so you're not carrying those judgments, those resentments forward. And you know what? A big F word that I love is the forgiveness word, right? Because the more that you can forgive, the lighter you become and you open your heart more to the next relationship. So dating too quickly, take time to process that. And the next thing is having unrealistic expectations. Like we talked about earlier, just jumping into the dating game and figuring that you're going to find Mr. or Mrs. Right in a couple of months. Just relax. Studies show, I've done lots of research on this, that it can take six to 12 months to find somebody even who's, and in the meantime, so what if it takes a long time? Because you know what you're doing? You're discovering yourself along the way. You're discovering what you want and what you don't want. And you're getting opportunities to exercise your boundaries and knowing when to say no right along the way, which is just reinforcing the great qualities of the person that you want to work with, that you want to be with. What do men not get about women these days? <laughs> that's um, that's a really loaded, a loaded question. question. <laughs> it's a really loaded question. You know what? Let me put flip it around a little bit. With the okay. question, the number one question that I get from women is that why why did he disappear? Like, <laughs> what am I not getting? Right. So just know that women. Uh, like to have answers to things. And, and sometimes it's just a question. Once again, we go back to the golden rule, treat others like you want to be treated. If you don't think there's a, there's a future with this particular person, just let the woman know, right? And men and women have their own particular journeys. Just if you can close that box nicely, I think the universe rewards you so that other people will will not do that to you as well. Just, you know, it's not working out. You're a great person. This has been great. And no more to say than that. And then you move on, right? Wishing them the best a lot. It seems like the uh, online dating is a, it's a, it's a gift and it's a curse because 
you can, there's a lot of behaviors you can employ, uh, deploy online uh, where you can just disappear. Now you can do that in person organically, but you don't, I think a lot of guys are afraid of closure. They don't want to say no. And I think women are the same way. They don't want to say it's just not working out, even though I think they're more apt to do that because they don't want to have any pushback on that. They don't want to have somebody give them a hard time because people now, they want what they want right now. And very, I think the mindset our culture has is a, is a little bit immature in a way, in some ways, and very mature in yes. other ways. But in the way of, I, I can't have what I want right now, there's a, there's a lot of that. That's, uh, that's a big problem. And I think when you can hide behind online where I can just disappear, people are going to do that. So the, the technology allows you some good behavior, but also gives you some easy way, easy ways out. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But this closure piece is huge. So it's just, and you know what, women appreciate it when we're just told, okay, so there's, there's no possibilities here. It's just not Mm going to happen. You know, this has been great. Good luck with the future. Then we could just let that one go because a lot of women, a lot of my clients, you know, say, Tina, well, he didn't really close it off. So maybe he's still kind of interested and maybe he just wasn't ready. Let me reach out to him again. What do you think I should text him with? Like that is you're torturing yourself. Just put us out of our misery. <laughs> just, well, you know what? You know what I think gonna... it is, Tina. And it's this is it's not good behavior. But a lot of guys are obviously sexually driven, and they think, well, maybe you want to go back one more time. Maybe it can work out. Why do I want to shut that off? Because you know we had some fun or something like that. There could be some of that self-serving behavior involved right. in that. I would suggest to guys that listen to Tina. You know, if it's not working and you can see the woman's interested, at least say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on to other things or I'm just not feeling it you know, because it's the fair thing to do. So you, if you want to be a man, you got to do some things that are not necessarily comfortable, but are the right things to do. So, guys, come on. Tina, sex on the first date, deal breaker or love maker? <laughs> you know, I... I, I hesitate on making broad statements because I've heard, you know, stories where people do get together intimately in the first relationship, but it does work out. But generally speaking, no, it doesn't. And just to make sure, I had a conversation with my boyfriend that I've been with for now the, the last 10 months. And I said, <laughs> we had this conversation and he said, no, it's really easy. If you just have, date, have sex on the first date, it's a lot of fun for sure, but there's no connection. Whereas if you take time to form a bond and have that connection and then have sex afterwards, there's a higher chance of the relationship going further. Okay. Three best tips for daters over 40. Let's skew it towards the ladies. Okay. So I would say first and foremost, open your heart, be open to love and try to let go of the past. It's super, super important because, and I've heard you talk about this numerous times, men really appreciate a woman who in the initial stages seems light and she's not there full of, you know, still full of poison and resentment, maybe justifiably so, but maybe you need a bit more time. So, you know, try as much as possible to let that go. That's for sure. So that is a huge one. And I would say the next one is what we've already touched on, having realistic expectations, right? And uh, and making sure that, you know, you're not necessarily going to meet somebody right away and just enjoying the process, I can say is a huge one. And uh, date outside of your norm, because that's how I've, I just mentioned, I spoke to my boyfriend earlier. I met him because I dated outside of the norm. I had a certain type and I decided 
let's try. It's not working. <laughs> I haven't right. met anybody so far. You, if you're not sure whether you should make a change or not, look at your results, right? I wasn't getting the results. I dated outside of the norm. And he responded, like this gentleman responded right away. I said, I don't, you know, I'm not sure. That's not usually my type. We got together and he just blew me out of the water. And 10 months later, it's going absolutely fabulous. So if you have this type where you, you know, a physical type, for example, or it has to have a certain type of a job, that type of thing, try something different. And it could make all the difference in the world. You know why? Because the, you're not focused on the chemical reaction in the beginning. You're getting to know the person first. And inevitably, that's going to be um, the, the core or the connection that binds you and that keeps you together that you develop over time, as opposed to the chemical, which means sometimes you're so overwhelmed by that, that you're excusing the little behaviors that are not so great. And maybe they're not a long-term person after all. I agree with you completely. If I was looking for a dating coach, I would go to Tina Gesso. Just let me amplify on your last answer. I would say the three things are make room in your heart for another partner. Look at dating as a fun sport and respect other people the way you'd want to be respected. And if you can stick to those, I think you're on your way to at least having an enjoyable experience. And then enjoy the experience too. Make it fun. I still have friends I've met on Match.com from ages ago and you know, there's nothing going on. We're just like, hey, how's it going or whatever. And that's, that's cool. It's, it's, uh, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but because it it's completely understood that we always respected each other as human beings. Tell everybody, Tina, where they can find out more about you, your website, the passion test, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. It's so straightforward. It's my name, www.tinagesso.com. You'll see all my programs there. I'm just putting the finishing touches on an updated version of uh, the best dating sites over 40. So that'll be free if anybody wants to go on and have that free mini ebook as well. I'm putting the finishing touches on a program called um, the Roadmap to Dating Success Over 40, which is, comes with a series of modules and videos and things like that. So, but all of that info is going to be found on tinagesso.com. Fantastic. Well, you've been a fantastic guest and a, you're doing great work and I love your attitude and your perspective. And I think you're helping a lot of people. So folks, if you're looking for a dating coach, I could think of none better than Tina Gesso. So check her out. And uh, thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Hope to have you back again. With pleasure. Thank you, Robert. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, and we've got a very special guest. It's Margaret Peg Donahue, and she's written a book with her writing partner, Madeline Gerwick, and it's called Money is an Energy Game, and it's all about prosperity, the consciousness of prosperity, um, limitations that a lot of people have about money, etc. So let me tell you a little bit about Peg. She's a feng shui consultant, power, personal empowerment coach, teacher, speaker, author, She's got an MBA from Boston University, BA from Georgetown, certifications in feng shui, coaching, intuitive development, and helping building certifications. Database marketer, she founded Feng Shui Connections to help people succeed, and uh, she's contributed to Success Manifesto with Brian Tracy and co-authored the Dorm Room Feng Shui. She's here to discuss secrets about her book, uh, that she wrote with Madeline. It's called, once again, Money is an Energy Game, 102 Energy Altering Strategies and Money Attraction Tools to Jumpstart Your Prosperity and Transform Your Relationship with Money. 
Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Peg Donahue. How are you doing, Peg? I'm doing great, Robert. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So money is something that's on uh, everybody's mind at all times and uh, coming out of the lockdown and the economy starting to uh, ramp up again, uh, even though, you know, they, the stock market was through the roof throughout the entire <laughs> lockdown. But it sure was. It's crazy. So it's a really topsy-turvy world when it comes to money. And as you say, money is an energy game. So first, what inspired you to write this book and how did you do your research on it? Well, Madeline and I met in, I would say, early 2000, 2001. We were taking prosperity um, training courses. And I was also studying feng shui and intuitive development. And it was, to make a long story short, we began collaborating and we started teaching our own programs. We uh, taught eight keys to the ultimately prosperous business. And then we developed a program called Conscious Language and then take an energy inventory. So we decided we would like to take all of this to a larger audience. So we put it together in the book. And the book actually took us seven years to write because we were doing a lot of research along the way with um, businesses and companies. And the whole world was changing. So we started this book around 2011, 2012, and we finally published the Kindle version in 2019 and then went to print last year in 2020. So well, here we are. Well, you did a good job. There's, there's a lot to it. And I think the overarching theme is about energy and how people view money and how sometimes in life we get into, we get very controlling and sometimes it works against us. So let's start out with uh, the big question. Why do so many people have issues attracting money and how do they create blockages that to attracting, receiving and keeping the money flowing? Well, those are good questions. And I would say many people have um, trouble attracting money because of their belief systems. They might've grown up with stories that Money is hard to come by. You have to work hard to make money. It's a struggle. Money doesn't grow on trees. So think back to you know what the stories and conversations were about money in your family when you grew up. Chances are those are encoded in your cells. And it, once you become aware of that, then you can change your energy. You can let go of those. You can create new beliefs for yourself. You know, it's interesting uh, coming up when I grew up, I'm a boomer. So the mindset mm -hmm. of my parents was about you know, money's not everything. It's the, you know, it could be seen as the root of all, all evil, even though in the Bible it says the love of money is the problem. It's not money itself. And the mindset was coming out of the depression background. And I think our whole generation kind sure. of got uh, panicky ab ab about money and really is not comfortable with how to handle it, how to attract it, how to keep it and how to keep it flowing. So you say that money is like energy and, mm -hmm. and is energy. And I agree with you, but for our listeners, please explain that and why do you use the uh, example of it's like water? Well, because everything is energy and energy is in all of life and everything, you know, that we do and breathe and, and have it's in water, it's in the air, it's in money. It's, it's, and money is just a form of exchange. That's all it is. And I often think whoever decided that all these piles of, you know, little green pieces of paper and these, you know, little uh, circles of, of metal, you pile them up, that would have so much power over our lives. And when it's really what we're after is what money can do for us, what having money, exchanging money, it's the experiences that money can bring. It's the joy and the pleasure. And it's oftentimes the lack of it, it, it comes with fear or pushing it away or I'll never have enough. If you have a lot of it, then many of those people are worried about hanging on to it, you know, that they're afraid they're going to lose it. And people that don't have it, they, they want to have more of it or acquire more of it. 
And so it's not so much about being rich or wealthy. It's really about living a, um, a joyful and happy life. So a lot of times people have the mindset that if they have some money, they want to hold on to it. Right. And that can work against them. And it, one of the great things just for our listeners out there in the book is that money is an energy game, is that there's a lot of different examples that are not just relevant to money, but just how we live our lives now. And there's a lot of great exercises and modalities that can be worked with from the book, meditation, uh, emotional freedom technique and uh, affirmations and lots of mm-hmm. other stuff. But when we come to the point of like, let let me give you an example, like when we get into this hoarding mentality, like, oh, there's not enough, you say that, oh, you know, one of the, another example of that is when you have uh, things in your closet, whatever, if you haven't moved them in a while, you need to move things around. And it's the same with money. You got to keep it moving. Why do you have to keep it moving? Because you're keeping the chi, uh, the chi or the energy, the flow, you're keeping it alive and you're, you're, um, breathing new life into it. If you hoard it or you just hang on to it or you just keep it into the bank, then it can grow stagnant. And the whole idea you know, behind the energy of money is to keep it in circulation. It comes in and it goes out. And when you, you spend it, you know, think, spend in joy or pay your bills in joy, give it away in joy. More of it will come back to you when you do that. If you pay your bills in fear, then you're putting you know, a restriction on that. You know, I, I'm afraid I don't have enough versus pay your bills knowing, okay, I'm, I'm so grateful I have the money to pay this bill and more of it will come in so that I can pay it again next month or the next bill that comes along. So this you know, is know really, that you'll always have enough. Okay. So this is really about, it's a bigger, it's bigger than just money. It's about how we create our lives each and every moment then, because if you have a uh, mindset of uh, lack you're going to continue lack, or if you have a mindset about wanting, you're going to continue wanting versus having the mindset of, I already have it. And I'm, I'm, I'm filled with gratitude. And you have to look at time also like absolutely right. everything's happening at the same time in different dimensions. And it's, it's, a, it's tough for people to wrestle with that. So uh, you have some uh, great techniques in the book that I think people need to start thinking about more and more. And one is EFT tapping. Tell us how people can tap for financial abundance. What is tapping? How can okay. they tap for financial abundance? So tapping abundance? is in the, in the program that I do, it's called Emotional Freedom and Healing. So it's a little bit variation on EFT. And mm-hmm. tapping is just tapping on acupressure points. So we have a point up here on the beginning of our eyebrow. We have under our eye. We'll go between our nose and our chin. We'll, we'll tap our collarbone, tap our heart point, And you know, really your upper body, there are about 14 different points you tap. And what happens is when you tap, you're releasing the energy that's in yourself. So your beliefs, and and this is what I've I've come to to learn, is that our beliefs actually get encoded in ourselves. So the tapping process works beyond the mind. You know, logic doesn't cut it when it comes to tapping. You have to suspend, you know, your logic and suspend your disbelief and just trust that "Hmm, maybe there is something to this and just tap away. I um, do tapping for a lot of people just cussing tapping sessions. I have a, a, you know, unsolicited testimonials on my website on Feng Shui Connections where people just write in, oh my gosh, that tapping session really shifted things for me. Mm-hmm. So just tapping away um, beliefs about money that, you know, a fear of money or a fear that I, I won't have enough or the lack of money. Money One is of, hard to come by. Okay. You have a couple of uh, uh, really basic ways of doing tapping as well as the one with the 14 points. And I've, I've done it with 
I think it's about six or seven points or mm-hmm. eight points, but I, I guess it, it, it doesn't, I, don't, I guess it doesn't it, matter that much. That's it, right. As long as you're doing it and you have the intention is an important thing. That's well, right. The intention is most important. But one, it seems like one thing that people can do every day is if you go to and uh, help me out with this, to the kind of the left of uh, where your heart is and that soft spot, if you just rub that in a circular yes. motion. That's please called don't the heart do point. That. Don't do it if you're driving, folks, but uh, or working right. heavy machinery, but... If you rub that in the circular motion, I guess clockwise would be best. And uh, think about what, what what do you do when you do this? Because you can do this many times during the day, and it's a very simple technique. Absolutely. So you think about just releasing any fear, any blocks to money, mm-hmm. and also loving yourself. I deeply and fully love and appreciate myself. I forgive myself. So the forgiveness is huge. Forgiveness for any... Um, Uh, feelings that you've done wrong in the past or, you know, gosh, I didn't do that right. Or I didn't get that job. You know, I must be thinking wrong about money. So I'm pushing it away. Let go of all that and just uh, uh, forgive yourself and just bring yourself to a, uh, what I would say, a neutral state. So the hard point, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really important point because I also, you know, provide a two point release um, uh, with the book. And so it's the hard point and it's the base of your little finger. So the base of your little finger on the side by your ring finger, you just tap that. That's the point of anger. So if you're feeling angry, you might be sitting in a meeting and feel something come so up. So it would be, yeah. hold, hold your hand up, Peg. And so so, here's, so yeah, it's so right here. For you YouTubers, we're touching yeah. our, the our, inside our, of our pinky finger. Pinky finger, right um, next the, to your ring finger. Okay. Yeah. So right there. And you just so tap, you just tap you it. Go. You just take your thumb and you just tap it. Okay. I deeply and completely love and forgive myself. Okay. You know, for any you know mm-hmm. beliefs I have about money is hard to come by. Okay, Peg Donahue, my special guest on uh, Guys Guys Radio. She's written a book with her partner Madeline Gerwick, who does a lot of things with a business astrology, and it's really the book is chock full of great tips. Money is an energy game, and all these techniques that we're talking about they're uh, explained in detail in the book, and also there's some online resources also. So prosperity. And you've got eight keys to prosperity you mentioned in the book. You want to highlight a few and tell us which are the most important, if any, or are they all equal? Well, no, they're all important. Trust is a big one. Creating with trust, knowing that you'll you'll have enough, that suspending your disbelief and creating with trust. Letting go of fear is another one right there. We have a chapter in there in a section, so one of the keys is working with the energy of your space, um, which happens to be feng shui. As a feng shui practitioner, I help people understand how the energy of their space influences what happens in their life. Let's talk about that for a moment. Sure. I'm sorry, because I don't want to skip over that because it's a very important part of your teaching, feng shui. For our listeners who may not be that familiar with it, what is it? How do you use it? And how, you know, because it become, it can become daunting because invariably, I'm sure you've experienced that nobody has their room set up the right way and everybody's doing something a little bit wrong. Give us a couple of the uh, basics for people. Okay, so so the premise of feng shui is that your space is a mirror image of yourself or it's a reflection of yourself. And so it's all about the energy or all about the chi. So we want to have free-flowing energy come into our space so that whatever you're asking for, you know, is easy to come by or easy to manifest. So from a feng shui perspective, and the words feng shui, they just mean wind and water. So wind and water are two elements that Mm -hmm. we live in our life. We need air to breathe and water to drink. So from a feng shui perspective, from the Western perspective, we place a symbolic map of life issues over your space that we call 
the, you know, the feng shui bagua. Think of it as a tic-tac-toe board. So you come into your house or you come into your office or you come in the door and the door's on the left or the middle or the right. It, it doesn't matter where it is. But that far left corner, that's what we call the prosperity corner. So think tic-tac-toe board and then the far left box. Is that for your, from your vision looking out, it's the far left or behind you? Um, nope, it's the far left looking forward. So okay. it's far left when you're standing at the entrance. Okay. Okay, so it, it's that far left corner. And that is holds the energy of prosperity. So that would be the first one to just take a look at and see what's in there. Is it piled high with boxes? Is there anything, you know, does it look great? And, and does, you know, maybe have a nice plant in there or a, a good light, you know, mm -hmm. a, a light that's uplifting the area? Is it um, full of paper piles, anything broken or cluttered? Years ago, I worked with a client. She ran a nonprofit organization and grants were a little bit slow coming in. So she had me come in to look at her space. And I went to the back left corner and she said, oh, that's where I keep my dead client files. And there was literally a, a file um, drawer for, you know, four stacked four high. And she got it right away. I said, well, this is your prosperity. Oh, my gosh. She had that moved within minutes. And then we, we found a nice plant. We placed a plant there, cleaned up the corner. And then she told me a few weeks later that the grant that she had been working on had come in. And it had never come in that fast before. That's so her amazing. money started flowing. She removed the blockage. So that's what you're looking for in your space. Any blockages. You have a six-week framework that you developed to set people on the right path for abundance. Tell us a little bit about that, Peg. Okay, this is what we call the energy inventory for success. So six weeks would be taking a week, and all it is is noticing what's happening in your life. Spend a week just monitoring your sleep. Sleep is really, really important, and it's key to help. Monitor your sleep. Monitor your food. It's not about going on a diet or counting calories at all. It's just recognizing what you're eating and how you feel after that. You know, just monitor the food that you have. Then you also want to take a week on exercise because exercise is really important to get that chi going through your body. You'll take a, a week on your um, thoughts. But there's a theory out there that thoughts create things. If you think money is hard to come by, that's going to be your experience. If you think, hmm, money flows to me easily and effortlessly, you're going to start to feel some of those experiences. So we have thoughts, feelings is huge, are huge. So just take a week to monitor your feelings and notice what's happening. And this is where the tapping, you know, can come in handy. Notice how you react to people and who pushes your button. So anytime a button gets pushed and you're feeling yourself go into like an anger mode or fear, oh my gosh, or anxiety and stress over the past year in particular, a lot of people have, have felt a lot of anxiety and stress. So just notice that. That's what you're noticing during the feeling week. And we also have a week on um, spirituality, noticing your spirituality. Good stuff. So it all works together right now for our listeners out there. Three good tips for them to get started that they can do every day. Uh, give thanks in advance that whatever you're asking for has already come to you, is already on its way. So give thanks in advance. Tell a new story. Tell your story the way you want it to be told, the way you want it to unfold. So let go of all the negativity in your stories or let go of agreeing with negative stories and put a new story out there for yourself. That would be one. And I would say, take, take a few minutes and, and have some quiet time. Take five minutes if you're not used to sitting quiet or meditating every day. Just 
allow yourself to be, allow yourself to breathe, to um, let the chi flow through you and um, focus on the end result of what you want. Let go of the hows. Our job is not to figure out how it's going to happen. Our job is to have the, the vision of what you want and hold that energy for the end result and let go of how. But we have to take inspired action also. Okay. The name of the book, Money is an Energy Game. I got uh, two, two more questions. Uh, the first is, real quick, could you just tell people how to uh, kind of set up their workspace for attracting money? Oh, sure. So if you're, say, in an office and, and you're working at a desk, and ideally put your desk in what we call a power position. So the power position would be where you have a solid wall behind you. You have open space in front of the large part of the room forward of you, and you can also see the door. So that puts you in a power position, it puts you at ease, and it helps your nerves settle down every day. So I would say put your, your desk in a power position. Look around for any clutter that you might have. Clutter is just an accumulation of things that you don't love or you don't use. So just assess what you have there and remove clutter. Empty your trash can at least once a week. There's no need to let it get overflowing. You know, take it out because that, it, it, it's all about the chi. It's all about the energy right. that's there. You could put something in there that, that brings life in, a nice plant. Um, I, I personally like a, a, a vase of flowers. You could also hang a crystal. You could um, hang something special, bring something special. And on my desk, I have one of the coolest things that's ever come to me in my life. Years ago, one of my brothers, when he was in the service, he was in the Mideast. And he sent me back at the holidays, this inlaid box. And in it, he sent it with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that just was like one of the coolest gifts I have ever received. And it has always sat in the wealth corner on my desk. And I, I just love it. And I think of them every day. Fantastic. Um, with that. But wealth is not just about money. Do you consider yourself a wealthy person, Peg? I do consider myself a wealthy person. Yes. And I grew up in a family of nine kids. My dad worked three jobs. My mom worked. As kids, we all went out and got jobs. I remember having a paper route, babysitting. I, I put myself through college. It was a struggle. But I learned, you know, um, that it doesn't have to be that way, that it can be different and it can be joyful. And, and there are much easier ways. Fantastic. Yeah. My special guest, Peg Donahue, the name of the book, once again, Money is an Energy Game that she wrote with her partner, Madeline Gerwick. And it's got astrology, feng, feng shui, it's got tapping, it's got meditation, it's got healthy practices and all types of ways of working with getting that energy flow together so you can attract the money that you deserve. So tell everybody, Peg, where they can find out more about you, get the book, et cetera. Okay, they can get the book at, at its own website, moneyisanenergygame.com. And you can find out more about me also on my website, which is fengshuiconnections.com. That's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I, Connections. Great. Well, great job, and keep doing the good work, and I wish you wealth and prosperity and good energy. So and thank you so much. And same to you, Robert. Thank you. Right. Thank you. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, terrific interviews with two terrific ladies here on Guys Guys Radio. And you know, you don't have to be a guy to be part of Guys Guys Radio. We have lots of female guests and they contribute so much to the show and helping men and women live their very best lives. So we had Tina Gesso and Peg Donahue here today and uh, great information, great insights from Tina as a dating coach, 
it really, it's really all about taking the time to determine who you are, what you want, what you have to offer, and then being kind throughout the dating process and being open to receiving and, and allowing and making room in your heart for somebody else. And I think Tina's got a lot of great tips and she's very empathetic. And if you're out there and you're single, Tina Gesso is somebody you may want to talk to about finding the right one. Okay, Peg Donahue, her book is Money is an Energy Game. And again, she wrote the book with her writing partner, Madeline Gerwick, who we didn't have on the show, but we had a great conversation with Peg. And what did we learn there? Well, I think we learned that money is an energy game. It's all about your perspective with money. If you, if you hoard it, if you try to control it, if you don't allow it to flow, it's like any other type of energy. It can get stagnant. And when it gets stagnant and you have negative vibes towards it, like, oh, I don't want to pay this bill. I don't want to pay that bill. And sometimes it gets to the point where you don't get that flow inward in terms of uh, your bank account. So you've got to keep an open mind about money, keep an open mind about energy and, and look at it as, uh, listen, anytime you get a bill, it's, it's a gift in a way in that it means you can afford, most likely you can afford to purchase something that you have purchased. So keep that in mind uh, and be appreciative of the money you have and the money that can come your way if you do your very best to open up and let the money flow inward and outward. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio here in sunny Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. The podcast and my YouTube post worldwide every Thursday. And Guys Guys Radio uh, runs again a replay of the show every Sunday evening on KCAA at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. So you have no excuse not to find a way to listen or view Guys Guys Radio or as we call the YouTube channel Guys Guys TV. But just look up my name and you'll find it there. And I would appreciate if you want to support the work we're doing to bring you the very best content to subscribe. Subscribe to uh, Guys Guys Radio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts and also on YouTube because it makes a big difference as we grow the number of subscriptions that we have and it really helps us out and it helps me bring you those very best guests I can find to help share information to live your very best life. So that's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. So I'm so appreciative of all my guests. I'm so appreciative of my listeners and a growing audience. We're growing and growing and growing. We've got a lot of great shows, a lot of great guests coming up this summer. I hope you hang in there with us and have a great summer. Also, I want to say thank you to Chris, my trusty producer. She does a magnificent job and I'm very appreciative of her work. And also to the band Noba and their song Uninspired, which is our main theme song, though we use a couple of other bits of music during the show. And I also want to thank you for listening and hanging in there with us and wherever you consume Guys Guys Radio we're here for you, and we're going to be back next week, same time, same place. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.